Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Final hour is here. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Crew's all here and the great uh, staff and crew, both in Nashville and here with us in Los Angeles, making it happen all week. Looking forward to uh, a great final hour. Edward James Olmos, uh, one of the uh, the actors making the rounds here at Radio Row, scheduled to be with us uh, in the next couple of minutes or so. In about 20 minutes, Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist Tony Baselli will join us, and he will be followed by former Patriot, Buccaneers, Eagles running back, and Titans running back, LeGarrette Blunt will be on the show as well. That's coming up in about 30 to 32 minutes from now. Should be a, a good chat with both of those both of those guys. That's a and nice trio right there. What is a nice, busy day so far here on Radio Row for this Thursday? Sounds uh, uh, like a, a good three-pack there, a nice streak. We mentioned earlier we had uh, the, the DH rule, the universal DH is coming to Major League Baseball. Um, and also the... the Discussion for Major League Baseball. They expect to start on time, March 31st. There have been no details, though, from the commissioner's office and that press conference from Manfred today about how things are actually going in negotiations between them and the Players Association. So, Hudna, I've never had to do this before, and I hope I never have to do it again, but I'm going to ask you to get up now. Oh, it is two. Uh, it's from two. your spot. Yeah, we have, we have two, two actors with us uh, coming on right now, and they can awesome. come join us. Uh, we've got Emilio Rivera, who plays Marcus Alvarez on Mayans MC, which will premiere very soon on FX, and Edward James Almos, who is also here with us, both sporting their Rams gear. Uh, they are fully ready uh, for this Super Bowl in their Rams gear, fully ready for the new season of Mayans MC as well. We'll get both of you guys Mic'd up and ready to go. Gentlemen, thank you for stopping by. That's right. A real honor, man. Thank you. I'm on outkick, man. We made it. There you go. Yeah. 360, man. Finally, it wasn't the Oscar nomination or the Emmy. It was it no, was it making was it right here. here. Right it's on, here. on this show right here. How long uh, how long a Rams fan? Life. Yeah. I was born and raised here, man. I was here before the Rams were here. You stuck with them when they went to St. Louis? Not no. Me. <laughs> <laughs> no, when they went to St. Louis, I said, What's wrong with you guys? Yeah. Then so who'd you root for in the interim? I was Niners. Yeah. Until they, I was in like, like Montana and Rice. I was. I went more for the people. You dig? Yeah. And I was waiting for a team to come back, man. And now we got our Rams. It's so good that we're here in the Super Bowl, man. You know, yeah. when they came back, they tried to do a reality show at the same time, which was I knew was not going to work because doing acting is hard enough to be a professional ball player is even rougher. To try to do both, there's no way. And that first season, they sucked. <laughs> Once they got rid of the show. <laughs> Look where we're at. I mean, Super Bowl twice in five years. You know, it's clearly L.A.'s a Rams town now. Was it at one point a Raiders town? Sure. Big time. Big time? Big time. Big time. So you're in the minority if you're a Rams fan at that point oh, in time. Oh, they hate me. Yeah. Because all, all my nephews, pretty much everybody's going, hey, bro, and everybody's Raiders. 
and everybody, I hear it every single day, believe me. But I'm just tired of that 1984 Super Bowl win. So now we got to get this win on Sunday. So we just shut up now. So Forget about Red Nation. It's Rams Nation. <laughs> How about the Chargers now? Does anybody talk about the Chargers? Of course, man. They're great. They're San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> just, like the, just like the Anaheim Angels will always be Anaheim Angels. There's only LA Dodgers, that's it. Emilio, I have to ask. Um, yes, I grew up watching this guy, okay? Yes. What's it like working with him brother, on I, this series? Brother, I watched Eddie almost when I was 17 years old on stage doing Zutsu on stage. So to come, the, I'm 60 years old, but to come from then till now, and be working with him side by side. You do not look 60 you years do, old. I was just going mean, to, I was waiting I you, for that. You are, uh, whatever, whatever you've done, please tell us you know in our what? audience I, because I, that's I, amazing. You know, I haven't Slide. done drugs and cocaine and heroin and, and beer for 31 years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought you were younger than I am, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost 40, so you look great. Thank you, brother. Thank yeah. you. 31 years clean and sober. I think that kind of helped a little bit. You know? Yeah. and uh, But to be here with him is like a... It's, it's, you know, it's, it's just because I've learned from him, not just as an actor, but also in life. Just watching him, even when I was not living a good life, I would watch him. And, and it's, he's, it's something you look for. You say, I want to do what he does. I want to be how he's always been the guy that helped out the people. You remember the riots? He was out there sweeping the damn streets with the people. You know what I'm saying? And you see that and it's admirable. You know what I'm saying? But you're scared to, 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 to jump that. But once you jump that, the bridge, just, and then I get to work with him and learn more. Come on, bro. It's like, it's well, and, and well, you know, when I when I was a kid growing up, there wasn't a ton of representation. That's right. Uh, for for Latinos on on television, and I'm watching you know Miami Vice and, and seeing you in different movies, and uh, for a kid who didn't grow up around a, a, a lot of Latinos, where I grew up in Middle Tennessee, um, that was my understanding, you know, of, of the Latin community. So you had a big impact. And I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but how big of, has that been a part of your career? of maybe, you know, changing some unfair stereotypes out there with your performances and projects you've selected? It's been a privilege and an honor to, to be able to be in this industry, period. And then to be able to use it the way that we used it was, uh, and we're continuing to use it, it's been unbelievable. Um, in 1978, what Emilio was talking about, everything changed for me and for the, and for the art form. Uh, in storytelling because that play, Zutsu, became instrumental in, in changing the course of the storytelling in uh, major theater. It went to Broadway and I won the Tony nominations, I won the Theater World Awards, I, I won a lot of accolades. And I was a young kid, I was 31 years old, I was starring on Broadway and I was a Latino from East LA. You know, the, the, the road from East LA to Broadway is a long one, <laughs> yes, and because East LA is far from Broadway, and uh, but it it came through theater, storytelling through theater, and then from that moment on, I have never had to audition for a part ever again since then. Wow! And I've chosen my roles, and I get to create. I have creative control of my characters. Now that in itself is saying a lot. But, I mean, it's how you use it. And like you said, you got, I broke the stereotypes. The reason I got to break the stereotypes is because I picked the pictures I want to be in. American Family on television, the very first, very first broadcast television show dealing with nothing but Latinos in the history of television. You know, it wasn't that long ago either. Okay? Yeah. You know, and then, of course, Miami Vice went right through the rope. They weren't ready for Lieutenant Castillo. Nobody was. I wasn't. When I created them, it was just like, they didn't, you know, they didn't, 
tell me how to do that and uh, or what I was or they didn't create that character they gave me the words but then I had creative control so I could take move the words or change the words or not say the words that's what I ended mm. up doing <laughs> yeah. I ended up not saying the looks yeah it was, it was all all yeah. just thinking on camera and uh, and never for the first season okay the very first season on that television show if you watch it Miami Vice uh, from the moment I got on the stage to the, for the first uh, 20 shows that I did with them, the first season, they did 24, and I did the 20th, I did 20 with them. Uh, I never looked at them. I never gave them my eyes. I always like looked down and around like this. Your fellow actors are saying yes, in the scenes. Yes, yep. in the scenes. Yep. Now, if I'm talking to you guys right here like this, and I'm not looking at you guys, and you guys are talking to me, and I don't give you my eyes, pretty soon you're going to say, well, shit, man, this guy has no respect for me. He didn't even look at me. He doesn't care. And I would think you're saying. disinterested in what I'm right. saying like everyone exactly. else that I talk to. Exactly. <laughs> it would be just yeah. like everything else. Yeah, you know, you know, hey, you know. And, and that's what I would do when they were acting with me. And they went crazy. The, the actors, you know, Don and, and, and uh, Philip Michael, they went crazy. But when I saw the show, they gave me this. I, I went on there. They, they hired me on. And on, this was a choice by you for the yes, character. Yes. Okay. Because when I went on the show at the very beginning of the show, uh, I, I saw they gave me a, a, a reel with some of the, the footage of stuff. And I saw that, that the show was like it, it was they had overrun everybody. They they completely, you know, they would. The, the 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 head of the CIA or the, the the their lieutenant would talk to them or the governor or somebody they'd be talking with the high ranking people in the, of of this community, but they, they they would look at them and and then they would look at each other and all I had to do was look at each other and then they'd come back and look at them and they go yes of course and then they'd go off and do what they were going to do, you know remind me of Starsky and Hutch, <laughs> there were these guys were just like they could. There was no nobody. Right, they weren't right. respecting anything except themselves. And then pretty soon I said, "This is like, you know, this is a television show, and those guys are the two lead actors. This is not going to happen on my watch. I am not going into a television show. I'm going into a documentation of human behavior in Miami this time of the year, 1984. Yes, it's very glamorous. It's got very stylized, but it's truth." <laughs> so I came in and I just started. And from the moment when I got on the first. I never looked at them because they were I, I didn't respect them. Yeah. Mm. And therefore I became their enemy. I became their foe. People used to write in the very first couple of shows they said get rid of this guy. Shoot this guy quick. They shot the last <laughs> lieutenant. But shoot you know, this man, one. It's a trip because I studied his work. <coughs> I studied all his work and to this day sometimes I'll do scenes and not look at the people because of what you did on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're telling me that. You did like, but it works if you know how to. You, you, we make it look like it's natural, which is not natural, but we make it look like it's, that's the way we do and it, and it works for some scenes, bro. You yeah. Know, you know, the look away while you speak or the look to him before you speak in spice. You know, it's just. I've got that from you, brother. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, it, Edward it, James almost, uh, <laughs> Amelia Rivera with us, Mayans MC. The television show. Stand to Deliver came out when I was in high school. And uh, I couldn't relate to the story of those kids, but I could relate to a story of kids connecting to a teacher. I was connecting to teachers then. I've got a 12-year-old boy who's starting to connect to teachers now. So I found it kind of a universal story. Mm. Educated me on the difficulties that some kids have that I didn't have, but also showed me about the connection that I was experiencing with teachers was a universal thing that could happen any, anywhere. I thought it was such a powerful story, and I, uh, that's your work that I remember the most. 
And that was based on a true story. I know the time was condensed and everything. What did you think of that script when it first came to you? It took me a while to, uh, to flesh it out. And uh, myself and the, the teacher, Jaime Escalante, we worked on, on understanding the truth of what he had done. You got to remember, this is a, a very strong medium. Okay, there's nothing stronger than the audiovisual event, the people watching us right now. We're, we're locking into the subconscious mind. It goes right into them. And when you do a dramatic piece of work, that story then becomes like they live it. All of a sudden, they allow themselves to watch it. And their conscious mind, which may be nine, if you're like Einstein, you use nine to 11% of your brain in consciousness. And then, but most of us, like me especially, I'm dyslexic. So uh, I use maybe four to 5% of my brain in consciousness. Okay, so that that being said, what's the rest of the mind doing, guys? <laughs> okay, this it's it's in there, it's working, but what is it doing? It's not asleep. Okay, that's your subconscious mind. It's recording everything that's going on here, everything. You seeing it, you're looking at it, it's going right inside, and it's going in. There. So when you watch a movie, you're getting the full blow. So knowing that, when I did stand and deliver, I knew for a fact that this piece of work was the, the single one of the most single most important aspects of, of why I was in my storytelling in the first place. Th what we did was we captured lightning in a bottle. This was a true story. Those of us, and, and I got to tell you, this is, I, I've said it a few times today, this is the single most viewed film of any film ever made in America. Is that right? Yeah, more than, you know, uh, Gone with the Wind. More than, uh, you know, Jaws or E.T. It's like a e. teaching, teaching tool, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, they use it's, it as a teaching tool. Most of us that are watching the program right now saw Stand and Deliver in school. A oh. teacher showed it to them. And, and that's incredible. And, and Emilio, you know, you, obviously a known work is Sons of Anarchy in, in your role with that. Uh, when they approach you about a spinoff for a television show that is so successful, do you have any hesitation uh, about continuing your current role with another show at that point not in fear all. maybe that you know it's not going to work out as well no, as the we first just, work did? We had, we, had, we had our story to tell. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, uh, I remember Kurt Sutter uh, called me up and said, hey, I, I, can you have lunch? I go, yeah. So we sat down and we he ate and he goes, hey, we're doing it. And I go, we're doing what? I kind of knew what he meant. He told me we're going to the Mayans. And I go, when did we start? You know, six months later that we were, brother, you know. And four years later, here we are again, you know. Well, Mayans MC uh, is, uh, is coming back on FX. Edward James Almost, Emilio Rivera, thank you guys thank you. so much for sitting down. Um, good luck to your Rams. Good luck to the Rams. In the Super Bowl. Good luck with the rest of this it. here today. I got a oh, feeling about the Bengals. Uh, you like the Bengals. It's good. I'm glad. Both you're gonna, you're gonna, it's going to hurt, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's okay. It's good. Both of you guys are great. Thank you so much. Thank Bless you. your hearts, man. Thank Coming you. up, we've got someone who hopes he's going to be a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Tony Baselli <laughs> is next. This is Outkick 360 live in L.A. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on from Radio Row, Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles. The crew all here with friend of the show, Tony Baselli. Pretty big day for Tony Baselli uh, with uh, everything going on with NFL Honors, and Pro Football Hall of Fame, and much more. Good to see you, man. Yeah, nothing, not much going on. Not much. Nothing, just <laughs> normal day in L.A., you know. Sl- slow news day for slow you, right? Day, Very slow yeah. news day. So we find out later about all this. What's yes. it feel like right now? Um, you know, it's always, you know, this is the sixth year I've done it. Previous five, I've, you know, have gotten bad news, and, you know, and, and you learn from that. And I always thought, you know, maybe it gets easier. It actually gets harder every year because of, like, the finality of what this means. And so hopefully it's good news tonight. I know my family's excited. I'm excited. Um, you know, it's such a hard job. And Paul and I have talked about this. And everyone knows Paul's a voter. You know, I, I don't know how you choose because you go into that meeting and it's not like there's like, oh, cross him off. He's no good. Well, he's a finalist. I mean, they're great players and you have to choose five. Uh, and it's hard. So I'm, it's always humbling for me to get to this point and we'll see how it goes. Well, let's talk about how big time Tony is. Uh, at, it, not just a Hall of Fame finalist, but this guy's turning down chances to work the Super Bowl. Now, who in the media doesn't want to work the Super Bowl? This guy. Me. Yes. You are not working on something. No, I'm not. I've worked for a while now. I, West, I still work with Westwood One doing the national games uh, and also with the Jaguars doing their Sunday games. And after last year, the game in Tampa, and I literally got done, and I'm like, I'm never doing this again. And people are like, what are you talking about? It's a Super Bowl. You're not going to – I go, you have no idea what it feels like to get to the game four or five hours early, on your feet the whole time, on your feet for the whole game, and then on your feet for an hour, an hour and a half post-game. I'm exhausted. I'm too fat and old <laughs> to do it. My back and my knees hurt. So it has nothing to do with the Super Bowl. I love Westwood One. I love the team there that we work with. I just told Howie Denneroff, I said, dude, I'm out. He's, what do you mean you're out of Super Bowl? I'm like, I'm out. I'm like, you're never going to put me in the booth because I didn't play in the Super Bowl. Kurt Warner did. He should be there. And so I'm going to watch it. I'm going to sit back and have a glass of something and enjoy the game. <laughs> so going back to your Hall of Fame credentials, Tony, yes. uh, we had Anthony Munoz on the show yesterday. Uh, he spoke very highly uh, of your game and talked a lot about you uh, while, while we talked to him. Th- that's got to be nice coming well, from him. Yeah, I mean, especially a guy I looked up to. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, he's the standard of offensive line play, left tackle play. He's the best ever. And um, and so he was good to me young in my career, too, when I was in Jacksonville. We had some great conversations. Uh, and so for him and to say what he has said about my career is it's uh it's again the whole thing is like surreal i mean you gotta understand i grew up in boulder colorado as a kid who loved the denver broncos and loved football like i wanted to play football since i can remember and and my goal was never to be in the hall of fame my literally my goal was to be like to start on my high school team i just wanted to start and then to do that and to then go to usc and then to get drafted it's like this whole thing is like it's amazing in, in being a guy who loves the game and a student of the game and the history of the game to think that 
there's a chance my name's going to be in a bust of me with the rest of those greats is just like, you know, pinch me. He had don't, a, let, don't, uh, don't let me wake up. He has a very awkward pinky. I'm yes, noticing I for the first time your thumb. Yeah, my th- that's a, that's a that's a uh, birth. I got born oh. with these thumbs that like go like all kind of different ways. Did so, that help you or hurt you? I don't know. As a tackle, I, I never even thought. I didn't it know. Didn't hurt them. Yeah. It didn't hurt. I didn't know they were weird until <laughs> one day someone said, "What's wrong with your thumbs?" I'm like, I don't know. I was What's born. wrong with your thumb? Yeah. Yours <laughs> looks weird to me. Yours goes straight. Mine bends a bunch of different ways. How worried are you about Cincinnati's offensive line in this game? Um. I'm not worried at all because I'm not playing quarterback. <laughs> but if I was a Bengals coaching staff, if I was Joe Burrow, um, if I was going to call plays, I'd be very worried because, I mean, you, you were there, Paul, the nine sacks. You guys are all there. Nine sacks to the Titans. Um, Aaron Donald's better than anyone that the Titans have. Now, Simmons is a really good player. Don't get me wrong. And Von Miller's a better outside pass rusher than anyone the Titans have. So I just think if they can't hold up, it's going to be really hard. And so it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be clean. I mean, Joe Burrow has proven he is tough as nails. He'll stand back there and keep slinging it even as he's getting hit. You just can't let it become an avalanche where it's just like one play after another, Aaron Donald, disruption, disruption. You're down behind. You're behind the sticks. you got to run the ball, Joe Mixon. Stay in third and five. Stay in third and four. Get some play action pass. Move the pocket. If they can stay in that rhythm of a game, they have so much talent. And with you know the, the receiving core and Mixon and and Burrow, uh, they got a chance. I mean, no one's given them a chance to get this far. They figured out a way to do it. So, Tony, I feel like every time we've had you on, we've talked about your NFL career, and rightfully so. We're here in Los Angeles. My first time to actually see USC's campus. Greatest place by. ever. Uh, and we were having this discussion about how unique of an experience it must be to go to school yeah. in that location in Los Angeles. You know, right in the middle of everything. Um, when you make that choice to go to USC, you know you're doing something very different than most college experiences, I would think. Or is it similar to a lot of college experiences? You know, I'm not sure. It's the only one I have. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, and it's a lot nicer now than it was when I went there. I mean, they've really built up. and They're buying property around. But the, there's something about that place, uh, the campus, and the, the, the tradition of what has happened on, in there, especially around football. That I remember when I walked on the first time, I'm just like, this is where I'm going. Like, there was no doubt about it. I, mean, I was a Colorado kid, grew up in Boulder. When I took my visit here, now it probably helped that there was, you know, eight inches of snow in Boulder, mm-hmm. and I showed up here, it was 80 degrees. They made sure they took me by the pool. There was my, possibly Smart. some co-eds, yes. you know, studying. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that was arranged as well that, I, <laughs> as you were walking by. It, it didn't hurt. Yeah. It didn't hurt my recruiting efforts. No, but it's a great place. And it is unique because it's a downtown campus. Yeah. But the funny thing is if, you know, we're here sitting in downtown, it's what, five minutes from here at USC. It, it feels downtown until you get inside. Then you go inside the campus and it's like this, it's like this protected oasis of four walls within the USC campus, and you wouldn't even know that you're downtown. And it's a, it's a, it was a great place to go to school. We were discussing last week, we felt like Jacksonville ended up with the right hire at the yeah. end of the process, um, even though that might have not been the initial direction. What do you think of Peterson and pairing him with Lawrence, who uh, that's why we feel it's the right hire, because you're pairing the veteran coach with the young quarterback. Yeah, I, I always liked that hire. I mean, that was he was at the top of my list um, from the beginning. Super Bowl winning uh, coach, had been a head coach before. I thought that was important for Jacksonville to have a guy who's done it before because 
you know, it was so dysfunctional, so messed up with Urban Meyer. It's going to take some work to get the culture fixed. So I think you need the guy who can do it. Um, and so I love every bit about it. I think he, he will uh, he'll bring some stability um, that Urban lacked. I'm a big believer in Trevor. I think the Jaguars are by no means the best team right now in the, uh, in the AFC South. I mean, I still think the Titans are that. I think they're in the best position of any of the teams in the AFC South. They have, the, they have a franchise quarterback. They have the guy. They have a ton of cap room. And they have, you know, a bunch of draft picks. And so if you're looking where into the future and you look at the other teams in the division, court, questions at quarterback, aging, and maybe some cap issues coming up. They have to be looking at this Super Bowl matchup and looking at the Bengals and thinking that can be them. They have to be believing in that. Yeah. I mean, Bengals had three wins last year. They found, my, yeah. <laughs> they found a way to I mean, and a top seemed, By the way, it seems ridiculous. As a, And I'm a Jags fan. No, I, I know like, what saying I'm, that out loud, I'm like, but it would have been just as ridiculous if we were sitting here last year saying, you know what? I think that Joe Burrow Bengal team going to be in L.A. next yeah, year. No We'd kidding. have been like, are you an idiot? Yeah. <laughs> Not let alone winning their division. Yeah, at this time. So get out ahead of it. Predict the Jags in the Jags, Super Bowl next year. Where's Where's the Super Bowl? Ta- next year? Talking to this Arizona, camera right here. Arizona, let them know. Talk right Jags are going to be in Arizona next year. <laughs> Count on it. Mark it. Mark this moment. It happened. <laughs> Tony Baselli has been our guest. Tell us about Alkaline Eighty Eight. Yeah. And and what this is going to do for us. Well, if you drink it, you'll feel better because okay. you'll be hydrated. All especially right. we'll need that if, in the you, morning. if you plan on <laughs> things later tonight. No. I, I recommend. Like you. Oh, he plans on. Things. Like you. I like I do. Okay. So it's prehydration with alkaline eighty-eight, and then it's post. You, know, you celebrate, and then post-hydration with alkaline eighty-eight. And it's great. It's you know Sha- Shaquille O'Neal's a partner in it. Uh, you know some USC alumnus are involved, and uh, it, it, the bottom line is the way they've formulated it with the pH at eight point eight. The body absorbs it quicker, and you never think about this, but water can't taste bad. I'm not saying this tastes good. But it's smooth and there's no aftertaste, which if you're going to drink a lot of water like I need to for later tonight, um, <laughs> Alkaline 88 is the way to go. Do we get to keep this? No, I'm drinking it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did I just <laughs> tell you what I have to do? No, I didn't know if we had extra ones. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. He's going to leave us one. Alkalinewaterco.com is the website. Yeah, you can get uh, it anywhere. So next Except this over here, sir. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Thank you. It was a long night last night. Thank you, sir. No, no. Maybe one <laughs> Maybe later, tonight. though. So, yeah. Maybe tonight. We're always Early thinking ahead. Yeah, always yeah, thinking yeah. ahead. It's like pre-planning. We're like right. Boy Scouts. We're always prepared, <laughs> yeah. Tony. Always got to be prepared. It's good. Um, good luck tonight. I, I appreciate I, I don't know if you enjoy hearing that or not uh, every year, but good luck tonight. I hope everything goes well. And if it does go well, we want you back on the show next week. To Absolutely. Go through all this. Or tomorrow. Tomorrow. Or, t- or tomorrow. <laughs> Just ping. Uh, Paul has my number. He can get a hold of me. Yeah. If tonight goes well, you're, you're not getting to my text. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. No. You never know. But yeah, I appreciate you guys having yeah, me. Man. I love coming on with you guys. Um, and uh, it's going to be a fun week. I'm looking forward to the game. I, I, you know what all I hope for? In this game, it's close because yeah, the time, playoffs compelling. have been great. And I don't want now all of a sudden you get these great playoffs and you get a blowout. Yeah, let's finish it big. You finish it right. Yeah, we don't want anything like the wild card weekend. We just erase that divisional you championship know, had, weekend and we go straight into a great Super Bowl. I had a great wild card weekend, though. I had like you had one the one the, close game? One of the few close games. It was great. So. Well, congrats. Yeah, I mean, yeah. selfishly, I don't really care about you guys. <laughs> Golden boy. Yeah, exactly. Tony, good to see you, man. Thanks for having me. Tony Baselli, Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist, uh, has been our guest. Coming up, we've got LeGarrette Blunt, who's about to sit down with us first, though. 
FanDuel.com slash OK360. 56 to 1 odds where you can bet $5 and win $280 on either team to win the game. It's a straight money line bet. You're not taking the points here. Straight money line bet on the Rams or the Bengals. 56 to 1 odds through FanDuel.com. First time users only here. FanDuel.com slash OK360. FanDuel.com slash OK360. $5 wins $280 in cash and not site credit. First time users. Again, that website, FanDuel.com slash OK360. And as promised, LeGarrette Blunt with us on Radio Row. Super Bowl 56 rolls on with Outkick 360. LG is here. LeGarrette Blunt, uh, former uh, Tennessee Titan, briefly. Yep. He was uh, waived during at, right after training camp to make room for some waiver pickups for special teams. Tim Shaw was a part of that Tim move. Tim Shaw and Patrick, and Patrick Bailey. Bailey. Yeah. And then he LeGarrette goes on to win three Super Bowls. Three-time <laughs> Super Bowl champion. LeGarrette Blunt with us. How are you, man? I'm good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's always a pleasure. So Jeff Fisher thought that he would sneak you on to the practice squad. Yeah, what was the conversation I, like man, when they cut you? Have y'all talked to Jeff or something? Well, we we were there in the That's moment. crazy. Oh, okay. Oh, see, man. <laughs> we were, this was – what so, year was this? I mean, this? you had a good 2000, camp. Everybody 2000, knew it. 2010. Yep. So uh, we were there. You had a good camp. Everybody knew it. But they felt good about their running backs. It was right, clear that right. they wanted to they, keep uh, you. They but kept, they kept uh, CJ and they uh, – Lindale. Huh? No, Lindale was gone already. Linda, it was me, CJ, Alvin Pierman. Javon Ringer, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, the draft pick. They kept they kept Javon Ringer and uh and, and CJ. That's what they kept. Um, yeah, so um, they weren't quite as good as they were thought. Right, right. I don't, Especially I don't considering think, uh, what they did. I don't think Ringer played a much. Uh, I don't he think didn't. Ringer played much more he after didn't. that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that helped you get to a spot where you won rings. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Did it? You feel like it helped you going oh, yeah, through 100%. that with your game? I think that uh, I think that what I put on tape um, during the preseason and stuff kind of helped me get you know where i am today uh i know that um when i when we first did this so when we first made the transaction um um jeff called me in the office and was like it's like hey man this sucks you know roster moves makes this you know makes this happen um we're gonna try to we're gonna try to sneak you onto the practice squad you know if but i doubt that you're gonna make waivers and uh I said, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully I sneak on the practice squad. It is what it is. I'm not at that time, at that point in time, I'm not, I just want to make a roster. I'm not even realizing that practice squad get paid less and all that stuff. Yeah. Right? I'm just like, okay, cool. Man, he waved me. And I want to say about a couple hours later, he called me back to the office like, hey, come up here. I'm like, what's good? He was like, yeah, so we waved you and the Buccaneers claimed you immediately. So you got to go. <laughs> I'm like, what? He was like, yeah, man. I, I talked to Raheem. I, I talked to Raheem Morris. I told him, hey, man, we're trying to get him onto the practice squad, man. You know, we, we want him here, yada, yada, yada. And Raheem was like, yeah, we claimed him. Yeah, y'all could go ahead and send him over. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, and that was how that conversation went. He was, you know, he kind of got to the point. He was like, man, damn. Like, I think this might have been one of my biggest screw-ups. Yeah. He was like, I, I can't believe. I think believe. he would still it say was. that. Yeah, and, and Nashville thinks yeah. it. He said, sure. I can't believe I, he said, I can't believe I let you go. Um, and I, I, I surely can't believe that I thought you were going to go unclaimed. I, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but, uh, man, I wish you the best of luck. I think you're going to have a great career, you know, and, and you know, the rest well, of history. Went. So you're, you're, you're waived after camp, and then you mentioned Raheem Morris. 
Greg Schiano took over in Tampa Bay, yeah. and he traded you to New England, and Correct. that's where everything started to fall together yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you had to be know, pumped about that, although I, I wasn't pumped about it at, at first because I didn't. I had I didn't ever watch New England play. Like I never really watched them play. Like I never really watched like the the coaches or. I mean, obviously, if I, if they came on TV, you know, everybody was a Brady fan at the at the time. You know, I know I was a Brady fan, but I didn't really watch them. You know what I'm saying? If Brady came on TV, like, I'd watch him or whatever, but I didn't pay attention to, like, who the coaches was and none of that stuff. Um, I was just upset because I had been in Tampa for three years, and I was hoping that I was going to stay. Liked it. Um, I liked it there, and, you know, it's right down – it's three hours away from where I was born and raised, so my family was coming to every home game. They're driving to some of the games away. You know, this is – dream come true to me you know and um but obviously me and me and shano didn't see eye to eye um things just kind of went left during the course of the season and did he and see eye to eye with anyone in his time in tampa based on the reports that came maybe, out after maybe some of the rutgers guys he brought in yeah he probably saw eye to eye with them you know because they understood his method and his philosophy so those rutgers got rutgers guys probably you know take heed to what he was doing but it wasn't many you know a lot of guys didn't just didn't like his style, didn't like his philosophy, didn't like how he talked to people, how he kind of belittled them and made them feel like, you know, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the granddaddy of them all, you know what I'm saying? And, and you guys just, you know, work for me type feeling. And I didn't really like that. Um, you know, they draft when they drafted Doug, which was I was cool with. You know, the the idea of that was, oh, now we got us a real two-headed monster, and that's how he played it. That's how he made it seem. That's how he played in the preseason. You know, and then the first game come up, and I think I might have, you know, four carries, you know, and uh, this was, it was weird to me. It was weird to me, and I'm like, man, this is odd. You know, so I had to go through a full season of that, and uh, <laughs> and that's when he traded me to the Patriots, he was, and he told me I was at the gym playing basketball. Somebody was like, hey, man, your phone's ringing. Your phone going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I'll wait till I get done. And I got done, and I checked the phone, and I had like four or five missed calls from him, hella text messages from him, like, hey, you need to call me, you need to call me, this is important, give me a phone call. And I'm not knowing what's going on. Like I said, I'm only three years in. I'm like, okay, cool, let me call him. And I called him. He was like, I just want to let you know personally, before it hits the news, I traded you to the Patriots. And that was the conversation. I was like, all right, cool, peace. <laughs> never talked to him again after so that. You, everything you're describing about him, I think some players would describe Belichick the same way. Like, this is my way or the highway. I've always been told that LeGarrette Blunt and Bill Belichick were cool. Like, yeah. they, you guys got along That's well. What, what What was it that allowed you to mesh so well with Belichick? Bill's always been transparent. He's always been open. He's always been honest. I don't remember when I, one time that Bill has lied to me um, or tried to sugarcoat or, you know, or pull, pull the wool over my eyes. I can't name one time, you know. Um, that's where he gained my respect early. He gained my respect really early. Look, man, you're coming here. We traded for you. That doesn't mean that you're going to come here and be my instant starter. We got to start in running back. We want you here. We're going to get you the football. It's not about it's not about who gets the most carries. It's about winning games, you know. And then he kind of, like, gave me his whole spiel on, on, on why, you know, he wanted me there and why, why is it important to be a patron and what's – you know, what's the details and all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, he, he stayed true to his word. I split time with Ridley the first six or seven games of the season. Eventually I started getting more carries and he started getting less. I think he might have fumbled the ball one one or two games in a row. That kind of killed this whole 
playing time type thing. And, um, you know, the, obviously, you know, the rest is history from what I've done there. So 2016, this is not a bell cow back team, the Patriots. No. Always divided 2000, 2016. Up. 2016, you had 299 carries and 18 touchdowns. Yeah. I haven't gone back and looked, but I'm guessing that's the most carries a Patriots back has had probably during the Belichick era. What was it about that season that you got so much? So I think that uh, what really lifted that season off is the fact that Tom was suspended for four games. So obviously they had to lean on the run to, sure. to, to win, you know, and, and Jimmy. Um you know, but they leaned on the run to win. So I think in those four weeks, I mean, I probably had about out of the nine, 299 carries out of those four weeks, man, that probably was a hundred of them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so, so we we grinding. I probably probably more. You know what I'm saying? I know there's one game I had 30 carries. One game I had 20. I don't know, but it but it was it was you know that's probably a hundred of those carries right there. Um, and uh, and then on top of that, you know, Jimmy goes down in, in the second game. You know, and, and now you got Jacoby Brissett in, in there, so you're really not finna throw the ball because he's a third-string quarterback and he's not getting the same reps as the starters would be. You know what I'm saying? So you don't have the opportunity to go out there and do the same things as you would do with Brady or Jimmy. So it's, it's, it's run, 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 you know. So um, And then I started off at such a good pace and I was playing so well that even when 12 came back, Bill's approach to every game was we're going to run the football. We're going to run the football. We're going to run the football. If we got to run it 40 times and throw it 12, we're going to do that. We're just going to run the football. And and that whole season, that was our approach. Hell of a year. Yeah, I'm watching Man in the Arena, and the, the episode discussing that year, Tom Brady personally gives you a shout-out. He's going through the list of now we had guys like Blunt, and he, he mentions Gerard Mayo right. and another version of the, of the, of the Patriots. Pretty cool to get a shout out uh, from the man himself in the, oh, yeah. in the documentary. Oh yeah, that's my guy, man. I, you know, I still talk to him to this day. Um, that's my dude, man. Uh, I love him to death. Um, he's done so much for me. He's done so much for the game. So much for you know my career as well. Um, so you know, um, um, I, it was inevitable for him to get a documentary. It was coming regardless. You know what I'm saying? It was going whether whether ESPN did it or Showtime or Netflix. Like it, it's it's. You got to have a document about him. You got to have a documentary about him. Uh, you had a locker right beside him, didn't you? Yeah, I was right beside him. That's my guy. That's, my that's awesome. That's awesome. Tell us about LG's Feel Good on Facebook. Um, LG's Feel Good is, is my CBD company. It's all natural. It's all organic and it's 100% THC free. So um, I have a salve. I have a rollerball. And I have um, anxiety drops. And I have um, sleep gummies. And I have pain patches, and those are all the things that. Um, what don't you have? <laughs> oh, what's the next product for this? What's your next line of? My 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 next product. Um, I I wanna I wanna do something with pets. Oh, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I wanna do something with pets. Um, there's 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 CBD. I've I've seen it in a couple of different places. Uh, CBD gummies for like CBD treats for like pets and stuff, and it's healthier, you know, than some of the things that people feed their pets. I mean, I got it. I'm a dog owner, so. I'm, I'm one of those people that's going to find out what's the best thing for my dog to eat yeah. and be healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm not going to feed him, you know, all the table scraps every time I get done eating because that just makes him fat. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just, I just, I'm going to try to, I just try to find something that's healthy and good for like pets and stuff. That's what, that would be the next thing that I would want to do for, for this company. LeGarrette's got the hookup, though, with the LG's Feel Good on Facebook. Just search it out there. Uh, great to catch up with you, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank the you Next guys time for we'll go into me. the Philly uh, 
era of LeGarrette Blount. That, yeah. that was the exact opposite of New England, I'm yes, guessing. That was, that was. <laughs> Super Bowl you either got way. got the same goal. Right, Super right, Bowl right. either way. So, man, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. And uh, the website for that is lgsfeelgood.com. Um, make sure you guys link in and check that out. Cool. LeGarrette Blount here. When we come back, more coverage from Radio Row on OutKick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Appreciate everybody uh, behind the scenes for making the show happen. Outkick 360 today in Los Angeles on Radio Row at Super Bowl 56. And Super Bowl 56 is likely the final Super Bowl where we will have the voice of Al Michaels on the play-by-play call. Uh, Rumor swirling that he's headed to Amazon, that he's not wanting to retire, but his contract expires Sunday night after the call of Super Bowl 56. And in all expectation, it will be Mike Tirico that takes over the play-by-play duties in 2022 and beyond for NBC. This is also Michelle Tafoya's final game on the sideline. She's going to go and do non-sports, where I think one of her goals is to give more opinion than just analysis on football on the sidelines and injury reports. Uh, But those are two voices I'm going to miss calling the big game. And I wish that it was officially the last Super Bowl for Al Michaels where they could do something around it. You know, maybe in the, the pregame, maybe you have more of a send-off with Chris Collinsworth also. But because it's in flux, his contract's up, you don't really know, but we kind of know. Well, he, he, I don't know if there's going to be anything retired. special done. No, I read he's some not of retired. No, he's not retiring. Yeah. I'm saying it's still going to be his last Super Bowl because he's going to Amazon. If he so goes, could if they he do something just or in stone, there yeah. has been discussion as well that ESPN wants him for Monday Night Football. Yeah, I would like for NBC to be able to do something for him. But again, is the, is the, the is it possible that he resigns with NBC as far as they're concerned? But I don't the, think so. I don't think so because they put the succession plan. They in want place Mike Tirico with Tirico, and it wasn't a shoving of Al Michaels out the door. He he was on board with it at the time. This was two or three years ago. At which point, from what I've read. He pictured himself being ready to be done at this stage. It turns out he's still on top of his game, and he's not, in fact, ready. And from what I've read, I think it's secondhand people close to him. Like three years ago, he thought this would be his timeline, and now he doesn't. And he doesn't begrudge anybody that. Things change. I mean, he's one of the all-time greats. Uh, It's uh, a pleasure listening to him, watching him. Um, And that's that's a part of the storyline that I've been thinking about this week leading up to this game is if it's Al Michaels' final Super Bowl. Not that it's going to be his final game. He's going to continue to work again. Uh, but what a career it's been. Well, it may not be if he gets the ESPN-ABC um, gig. 
that's in that they have the Super Bowl in three years. Yeah, next year is Fox, I believe, right? In Arizona, and then yeah, so three so years from now, then it would be CBS. In ESPN New has New the Super Bowl the same. Well, they they've extended the Manning deal by a year, and when that when the Manning contract expired, that was the year that they had the Super Bowl. They were signed through the Super Bowl year for ESPN and ABC. So if if Al Michaels wants to call another one, that's the route to go. Uh, of course, Aikman is also you know out there in contract negotiations, and Amazon has been talking with him as well. Amazon, uh, like like you like to say, uh, uh, somebody's going to get a prime deal. Pardon the pun. At, yeah. at Amazon, and some others are going to get uh, maybe prime raises as they resign. Uh, thanks to the possibility of the Amazon. And there's a chance that Troy Aikman could stay on with Fox and go to Amazon, that he could split time and do two games a weekend. There's a, there's, that's one of the scenarios that's been thrown out there. Well, it's really remarkable if you think about the Thursday night package, which uh, did not have great allure, largely because these networks had to share it with NFL Network. Now Amazon's going to have it to itself. And it's only going to be broadcast, uh, simulcast, in the two cities of the teams playing in the games. So it'll be on network TV. Um, you know, if it's Titans-Colts, it'll be on in Nashville and Indianapolis. But otherwise, it'll only be on Amazon. None of this sharing it with NFL Network. So NFL Network taking a step back there. They're going to have six or seven games annually that'll be specific games for them. Maybe the Saturdays of the holiday weekends. Uh, and, and things like that. But they finally found a carve-out that will make the Thursday night game a true property of your own. Hey, one quick note, because we mentioned the Manning cast and talked about that extension of the contract yesterday. Where I think this is really going to be cool is if they get golf right with the two people talking about it. I think that if you get the Manning brothers of golf that have played in that format talking about a tournament, that will fit well with golf on television when they're talking about individual shots and joking about it whatever but i think that type of broadcast could work really well I don't with know golf. Who those people just something are. that came to mind when i saw those the sports ufc need, being another but one. i'd like to hear nick faldo with his hair let down the guy they need casual. is tiger woods oh bring it on yeah, that'd be tremendous you keep him involved in the game, and he's already said he's not going to be back to the Tiger Woods that we knew that just won the Masters recently. Yep. Um, and the other guy that's going to throw a wrench in negotiations for TV is Sean Payton. We're told that he is on Radio Road tomorrow. Big guest list coming your way for the Friday edition on Outkick 360. Don't block the box. Do lock your locks. <laughs>